What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Once I was swimming in the sea. I almost went to the bottom and was about to be eaten by the fish from horror movies when the water suddenly obeyed me. All I did was wave my hand to throw sand at a classmate I hated. But instead, in some incredible way, I hit him with the water whip. Oh no, am I an alien? Or worse, a mermaid? But I didn't have time to cry over my fate. I got wet sand in my face, and I heard Tim's disgusting <laughs> laughter not far away. Hi, my name is Kaya, and I know how to navigate water. It's hard to believe, because I didn't believe it myself right away. But once I dropped a glass of water with just one look, I realized that I had become a true water wizard. I had dreamed of having some kind of superpower ever since I was a kid. I mean, my priority was invisibility. But okay, fine, I'll do the universe a favor and control the water, if that's what it wants. Now, I could taunt my enemy Tim even more, dropping glasses of juice on his clean clothes in the dining room. He'd always been a temperamental idiot as he was, but now he was aggravated ten times more often. Despite my advantage over this jerk, I kept watching my feet, waiting for them to turn into fishtails. And I waited. One night, I saw the scales on my calves, and I screamed so that my father burst into the room with a bat, thinking a burglar had come in through the window. Daughter, what's wrong? Why are you screaming? Daddy, I'm turning into a fish! I screamed even louder. Are you kidding me? He frowned. No, I'm not. Look, I've got scales growing on my legs. I pointed my fingers at it. Dad came over, and with a nonchalant look, he removed the scales with a wave of his hand. Wow, you're my superhero! I hung on his neck. Kaya, we had fish for dinner tonight, so the scales stuck on you, he grumbled. Convinced that I wasn't a mermaid, I started practicing magic. One day, my training didn't end well. I was walking past a fire hydrant, furious about another one of Tim's antics. Suddenly, the hydrant shook, and then a fountain of water came pouring out. My grandmother, who was walking next to me, was so scared, she fell on the ground, covered her head, and started screaming as if it was the apocalypse. I tried to help her, but she beat me with her purse. How could such a frail old woman have so much strength? Then the cops ran up to her, and she said it was my fault the hydrant was broken. The old lady screamed that I had almost given her a heart attack. I went pale. Somehow my biggest secret had become known to everyone. I'm sure I'm going to be arrested. They'll send me away to be tested. But the police just <laughs> laughed at the old woman and let me go. That story was nothing compared to what happened at school. 
I was sitting in the schoolyard, copying my homework from some nerd, and suddenly my notebook caught on fire. That didn't upset me as much, as I got a bad grade in algebra because my homework book was on fire. I wonder where the fire came from. Could it be the tricks of our nerd, who is afraid of even the slightest squeak? However, history repeated itself. When I was lying on the beach and reading a book, the paper suddenly caught fire. I put it out with the magic of water, and I looked around. There was no one. I didn't know what was happening, but I got very scared. I prepared a water whip to attack my opponent, but after five minutes, the beach was still empty. It took me a long time to figure out what was going on. I didn't sleep all night, and a brilliant idea occurred to me. I can control not only water, but also fire. Well, of course, it must be due to the power of thought. Now I could not only ruin Tim's clothes, but also set fire to his things. I'll make him pay for everything. But all my plans fell apart when I couldn't set his backpack on fire. What are you doing? Tim asked when he saw me shamanzing with my hands over his backpack thrown in the dining room. Trying to put a curse on you, I answered. Tim frowned, and that was the second my skirt caught fire. I started running around the cafeteria screaming until one girl just sprayed me with a water bottle. So Tim can control fire? But how is that possible? I snuck up on him after school, and as soon as the kid came out, I knocked him down with water. How do you do that? I snapped at him. How do you make fire? How do you control the water? That's none of your business, asshole. Well, leave me alone, stupid. We went our separate ways, but we got into it that night at the water park. Tim was calmly swimming in the pool, and I created a real vortex. He was spinning helplessly in it and screaming. I just laughed and spun the vortex even faster. The guy spent the rest of the evening in the bathroom. I bet he was throwing up in there. When I got home, Tim set fire to the bush next to me. I cried out in surprise. So, Kaya, shall we fight? The guy smiled nastily. But I couldn't fight him because there was no water nearby. But he burned me. Next time, you'll use your head before you get me. I was in so much pain from the burn, I couldn't think about revenge. I couldn't think about anything from the unbearable pain. At home, I dipped my hand into the water, and suddenly it began to boil, and the pain and the burn gradually went away. <sighs> this can't be happening. Can I really heal with water? <laughs> it's the best superpower ever. Realizing that I could heal myself, I began to think carefully about a revenge plan for Tim. Ideally, I would have drowned him in the sea, but I didn't want to be the villain and then go to jail, just in case anyone thought I'd killed him with my superpower. So I decided to go to the guy's house and figure it out on the spot. Halfway there, I saw our neighbor's house on fire. I ran over there right away. I fished the water out of the puddle and tried to put the fire out, but there wasn't enough water. Oh no, can't I save the Peterson house? But the fire started to wiggle in a strange way. I turned my head 
and saw Tim waving his arms in concentration. Kaya, we need more water. Can't we just call the fire department? There's no time for that. I frantically looked for a way out, and suddenly I saw a fire hydrant nearby. It shook, and the water immediately rose from it. And while Tim held back the flames, I tried my best to put it out. Suddenly, there was the sound of sirens in the distance. Tim and I immediately stopped taming the elements and hid behind the fence. The firefighters were surprised that the fire hadn't managed to destroy anything. Well done. Tim whispered to me, you're still a jerk, I grumbled. Do you want me to burn you again? I proudly showed him my hand, which had no trace left. Good luck with that, jerk. And even though I had a go at the guy again, I had fun working with him on the same team. Tim and I were able to save the house just because we joined forces. Anyway, our feud continued. I was still spilling my juices on him, and he was burning my stuff down. But one day, things got out of hand. We were sitting at a high school basketball game. I was holding a banner supporting our school's team. But apparently, Tim got bored, so he set the banner on fire. The flames became uncontrollable in no time. Tim got confused and couldn't control it. Out of fear, I threw the burning banner into the bleachers. The water suddenly stopped obeying me. The guys started to scatter, and the fire alarms just wouldn't go off. There was a real panic. Everyone started running out of the school. My heart was about to stop with fear, and Tim was shaking. What did you do, you idiot? I didn't see that coming. The smoke gradually filled the room. Tim took my hand, and together we ran for the exit. But just before the door, I stopped him. No, we have to put out the fire ourselves. Kaya, have you lost your mind? Magic no longer obeys us. I tried to calm down and then I subdued the water from the bottle that was lying in my bag. Tim, just calm your emotions and everything will work out. He obeyed me, and we went back to the gym. Tim was controlling the fire again, and I was trying to put it out with water. But then we heard crying. I looked to the back corner, and I saw a scared little boy there. Tim, grab the baby and go. I'm not leaving you here alone. I can do it! Save him! I shouted. Tim didn't want to go and leave me, but he had to because the boy was starting to choke. I tried to put the fire out, and I was able to get most of it out, but the smoke was making it harder and harder for me to breathe. My head was spinning, and I finally collapsed. Luckily, the firemen were able to find me on time. Tim told them where I was, and they pulled me out of the gym. And while I was lying outside trying to recover, Tim sat next to me and held my hand. Kaya, I'm sorry. This is all my fault. I'm an idiot. Yes, idiot. I smiled weakly at him. In the fresh air, I gradually came to my senses, and the firemen quickly managed to fight the fire. I'll walk you home. You're all pale, Tim said. On the way, we talked and decided to end our pointless feud and to use our powers for the good of mankind. And so, Tim and I became magical friends, and we were careful not to show our powers to anyone, so we wouldn't get locked up in the labs. But my story didn't end there, because one day, something terrible happened. I got some nasty disease. 
and I stayed in bed all week with a high fever. The doctor said it was an infection. I was so sick I couldn't even lift my arm, and when I recovered, I was horrified to find that the water wouldn't listen to me. Oh no, had the infection killed my superpowers? I immediately shared this with Tim, and he felt sorry for me. And then he came to my house with a bag full of candy. I understand that it won't help you, but it might cheer you up. It was hard to accept the fact that now I was an ordinary person who could no longer help people. Because of this, I wandered in the streets for a long time and didn't notice how night had come. I went home and suddenly realized someone was following me. I was scared because now I'm not a magician and I can't protect myself. Suddenly, someone grabbed me by the arm and turned me to face him. There was a scary man standing in front of me. I screamed so hard with fright that all the fountains in the park seemed to riot and the water flew out of them right in our direction. It knocked the culprit down and stunned him and I ran away. Luckily, there was a police car nearby. I ran up to the cops and told them about my attacker. They arrested the man and I cried with joy that I had my strength back. After that, Tim and I continued to help people in secret and that brought us closer together and made us not only good friends, but a good team. And what superpower would you like to have? It's very easy to go from a model daughter to a traitor to your own family, especially if you're offered crazy money for it. Hi, my name is Lizzie, and I became incredibly rich in the blink of an eye. My story began when I was six years old. I remember waking up in the middle of the night because of a noise. It came out of the room and I saw that the lights on the first floor were on. As I got closer to the stairs, I noticed Dad. He held the flashlight in one hand and opened the basement door with the other. Finally, the lock gave way. Dad went inside and closed the door. I wondered what he was doing there at night. I went down the stairs. And she had already gone to the door and was about to grab the handle to turn it. But at that very moment, the door creaked open and dad appeared in front of me. He asked irritably, Liz, what are you doing here? I wonder where you went. Oh, it's a big secret. Shh. Then he took me in his arms. Now it's time for bed. He carried me to my bedroom. I looked at the secret room and wondered what he was hiding there. Twelve years had passed since then and I'd forgotten all about the secret room in the basement. We lived like a normal family. We didn't eat caviar for breakfast but we didn't eat leftovers either. I, like all high school students who were about to graduate, thought about going to university. That wasn't the case with my twin brother. Tommy had already failed all his exams and might not even dream of getting in. I woke up that day and immediately went down to the kitchen. There, my parents and my brother were already waiting for me and a birthday cake with 18 candles. Yes, it was my and Tommy's birthday. We blew out the candles together. Dad raised his glass and then turned to Tommy. You're 18 now, son. So today, I'm going to tell you our family secret. That's when I couldn't stand it and intervened. What about me? I want to know what you keep in that basement too. Dad's face changed. Unfortunately, no, baby. This secret is passed from father to son. My father told it to me, and his father told it to him, and my father's father told it to his father, and my father's father's father. I got it. I interrupted him. Everyone looked at me with surprise. My father took my hand and said sympathetically, It was the will of my ancestors. 
Then he and his brother left. The ancestors willed it? What's that supposed to mean anyway? My mother, seeing the anger and indignation on my face said, I was angry at first too, but then realized that family harmony was more important to me and I put it out of my mind. But I want to know, so unfair. I grabbed my backpack and went out for a walk. On my way to the park, I saw a store that sold paint. That's when I had a genius idea. I knew that Daddy and Tommy were going down to the basement that night. So I hid behind the wall late that night, waiting for them. Soon I heard their cautious footsteps. Dad came to the door and started typing in the password, poking the buttons. Yes, he had replaced the regular lock with a keypad a few years ago. The door beeped softly and opened. Tommy and Dad disappeared into the basement. The door closed behind them. I went to the code lock. I took a small flashlight out of my pocket and it shined on the panel. It was no ordinary flashlight, but an ultraviolet one. It was the only way to see the colorless fluorescent paint with which I had pre-treated the buttons of the code lock. In the beam of the flashlight, I saw the numbers where my father had pressed no longer had paint on them. By simple calculation, I realized that the password was the date of the wedding with my mother. It was both cute and naive. I entered the password and voila, the door opened. I stepped inside, walking slowly down the stairs. Downstairs, the voices of my father and brother rang out. I hurried to hide behind the pile of bags. Dad turned on the presentation and started showing slide after slide. The slide showed a picture of a knight with his body covering a king from an arrow. Dad said loudly, And so, after saving King Richard from the arrow, the brave knight was awarded the nickname Brave. Tommy wondered, Wait, but our last name is Brave. So he's... Exactly. That's our ancestor, Sir Charles Brave. Dad walked over to some ancient chest and opened the lid. Then with a deft movement, he drew from it a sword and raised it above his head like a he-man. This beautiful sword was made of pure gold. It literally sparkled, illuminating the whole room. And now, according to his covenant, I give you this sword to keep. And then? Then you will give it to your son when he turns 18. Tommy carefully took the sword and gently stroked the blade. After admiring it, his brother put it in the chest. Dad and Tommy headed for the exit. After waiting a few more minutes, I left the basement too. Now that I know the secret, I could sleep soundly. The next day, when I barely opened my eyes, I saw Tommy in my room. He said with a sneer, You know what I found out yesterday? That you're using your brain at 2%? Laugh it up, laugh it up. But you can't learn the family secret. It's for men only. I threw a pillow at him. Get out of my room! His mockery was just the beginning. He'd been telling me all day about this super secret that I didn't deserve to know. I was sick of it, so I decided to punish my brother. At night, I went down to the basement. I opened the drawer, wrapped the sword in a towel, and took it to my room. I thought I'd hide it for a few days and see how Tommy reacts. I looked at the sword. It was gorgeous. I wonder how much something like that could cost. I tried to find something similar on the internet, but to no avail. Before I knew it, I was asleep with a sword in my arms. In the morning, I pretended to be sick and stayed in my room. After waiting for everyone to leave, I wrapped the sword again 
and went to the nearest pawn shop. Behind the counter stood an elderly man, the owner of the pawn shop. What do you want? He asked. I unfolded the towel, showing him the relic. How much could it be worth? Like this? The man began to stammer. He pulled himself together and answered. It costs $15,000. I can buy it right now. It's strange, but on the internet, I saw the price of $30 million. I said that amount at random, but the man bit his lip. I'm willing to give you $20 million. I almost fainted when I heard that. I'd have enough to pay my way through college. My parents would buy me a bigger house and car. And I'll buy Tommy a soccer ball. He's been wanting one for a long time. I was dreaming so much. I didn't notice the pawn shop owner came back with a full bag of money and some papers. He pointed his finger at the contract and said, Sign here. Keep in mind that the deal is not retroactive. Eh? You can't get the sword back. I honestly didn't know what I was doing. The money turned my head. As if in a dream, I signed right across from the pawn owner's signature. And then I watched mesmerized as the machine counted my millions. Trrr. One million one hundred thousand. Trrr. One million two hundred thousand. I don't even remember how I got home with the money. It's as if I wasn't doing it at all, but someone was controlling me. I only woke up in front of the bathroom mirror. I stared at my reflection for a long time. Tears crawled down my cheeks. What had I done? Daddy and Tommy are gonna kill me. I have to get the sword back somehow. Then my cell phone rang. Elizabeth Brave? It's the admissions office from the university. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. If you want to study with us, you need to make a down payment of $30,000 within three days. I answered in an uncertain voice. I will transfer the whole amount today. I hung up the phone and immediately dove under the bed where I hid the money. I took out my bag and started counting out the necessary amount. Suddenly, the door creaked open. I turned around and saw the frozen figure of my brother. Where'd you get so much money? He asked. I told you to knock. Tommy stood still for a few seconds. Then he cried out sharply, Oh no! Tommy ran downstairs to the basement. I raked the money into my backpack without counting and ran out of the house. I ran until I saw the bank door. When I got inside, I ran up to the teller and emptied everything out of my backpack. I want to transfer the entire amount to the university account. I asked the teller to hurry up. But as luck would have it, I was caught by the slowest employee. As soon as the transaction was successfully completed, a car came to a halt under the window. My father burst into the bank. He jabbed his finger at me and shouted, Elizabeth Brave, get in the car immediately. I obeyed his order. I obediently got in the car. There was Tommy sitting there, his eyes blank. Tommy had failed my father, and I had failed the whole family. I thought my father would scold me on the way home. But the ride was completely silent, which made it all the more frightening. We stopped at the house. When I went inside, I saw my mother. There was a bag of money on the table in front of her. How could you? She whispered bursting into tears. Dad and Tommy were asking me the same thing. They told me the story of the brave knight and how that sword had been guarded by generations of braves. I was scolded and I knew I was wrong, 
I roared at the impossibility of making it right. Suddenly, a loud knock on the door interrupted my father's monologue about the family heirloom. Dad went to the door and opened it. Standing on the doorstep was the very owner of the pawn shop. Behind him were two policemen. Suddenly, the man drew the sword he was hiding behind his back, pointed at me and shouted, You cheat! She was the one who stole from me! Arrest her! My whole family went into a stupor, waiting for the situation to develop. I shouted back, I didn't cheat! It was an honest transaction! Fair! You sold me a fake! Look at the sword! Papa snatched the sword from the man's hands. The sword was no longer golden and gleaming. It was the dark copper color. The man said, This sword is fake, covered in gold. It can't be. My father gave it to me. Daddy exclaimed, I made inquiries. It was your father who sold it. Dad fell to his knees, dropping the sword from his hands. All my life I've kept a fake, he whispered. I want my money back or I'll put everybody in jail. One of the policemen came toward me. He was holding handcuffs in his hands, getting ready to fasten them on me. I shouted, Stop! He examined the goods and signed the contract, which is not retroactive. I handed the sheet to the policeman. He read the contract carefully, then showed it to the man and asked, Sir, is this your signature at the bottom? Yes, but it doesn't change anything. I ask you to leave the property, sir. You're breaking the law. What? No! You don't understand! The man shouted. He wanted to grab the bag, but the police officers immediately detained him. They handcuffed him and escorted him out of our house. One of the police officers said to my daddy one last time, Sir, you have to register the income and pay the tax. Yes, yes of course, said my distraught father. Dad sat down on the couch and stared at the money on the table. Clutching his head, he tried to rethink his whole life. There was a dead silence in the room. I think I got into university, I said smiling awkwardly. Everyone looked at me in surprise. That's the story. By the way, in a couple of days, Dad recovered from his shock and soon will move to a new house. I also convinced my father to go with my mother to the islands. He could use a break. Does your family have any secrets? Write in the comments if you've managed to find out any family secrets. Rate your likes and subscribe to the channel. Hi friends! This story's gonna surprise you. My name is Sylvia, and I know what you're thinking right now. It seems, Sylvia, that you take us for fools if you think we'll believe in the existence of magic notebooks out there. Not at all. The only fool in this story is me. But first things first. It all started when my relationship with my parents was at an impasse. And it was all my fault. It's just the way I am. Lazy, careless, and wanting only to have fun and enjoy life. I didn't want to study. I didn't listen to my parents. I either hang out with my friends or stared at my phone for hours. I didn't have anything else to do. I thought I could live this way for another 20 years, but things didn't go according to plan. I was expelled from school. At first, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was some kind of prank. By the way, that's what my parents thought too. Very funny, Sylvia, smiled my mother. Where did you hide the camera? In the sugar bowl? Except there was no camera in the sugar bowl and neither was it a prank. And in fact, I had no idea what to do. My parents never yelled at me, so our house fell into a tragic silence for a week. 
By the way, they should have scolded me. Maybe I wouldn't have to tell that story now if I'd had my phone taken away from me a couple of times. Anyway, my parents went into mourning and I locked myself in my room, listening to Lana Del Rey and imagining going off to another state with a bunch of bikers. We'd be crowding the trails, racing against the wind, dancing around a campfire, not showering for weeks, drink gallons of Coke. My fantasy was interrupted by my mother. She appeared on the doorstep of my room and she looked resolute. I would even say frightened. Get ready, she commanded. Where to? To Aunt Nikki's. It couldn't be. I jumped up on the bed, happy as I could be. This was even better than a bunch of unwashed bikers. Aunt Nikki lived in the next state and very rarely came to visit us. It didn't bother mom at all that she hardly ever saw her sister though. They were too different to enjoy each other's company. Mother was a very kind but extremely serious person with a decent profession, a high paying job, and a classic American family. Aunt Nikki, on the other hand, it was like she was stuck at the age of 18, dressed very strangely, into mystical stuff, sang mantras, and never worked. What do you live on, Nikki? My mother was indignant every time. I'm surprised you haven't ended up under a bridge. Well, you wouldn't know. My aunt would answer. I might have slept there last night. I adored Nikki and she adored me, though we seldom saw each other. And now I'm going to live with her. I hope it's forever. I threw everything I could get my hands on into the suitcase without looking. You can stay with her for a week and then your father and I will find you a new school. Only a week. What a pity. But what a week. This week was supposed to be the best week of my life. My dad volunteered to drive me and he spent the whole trip torturing me with advices and guidance. Think about your life, Sylvia, he said in a teacher's tone. We never pressured you, thinking you'd find your own way. And what came of it? The best week in American history, I exclaimed. Forget it, Dad. One day, I'll get a million and go to a country where it's always warm. Dad sighed and stopped lecturing. We drove up to Aunt Nikki's house. I had imagined a hundred times what a home of an extraordinary person like her must look like. But all my fantasies faded before reality. The front door opened and the strongest smell of incense hit my nose. Someone's droning voice sang a mantra from a loudspeaker. I immediately noticed the vast array of figurines, paintings, crystals, beads, feathers, and other decorations that littered the entire floor-to-ceiling space. Cool! I grinned in admiration. My dad helped me get my stuff in and left. He still had a few hours of driving back. Aunt Nikki gave me a tour of the house. And this is the door to my room, she smiled. And I'll personally rip your nosy nose off if you come in here. I laughed, appreciating the joke. But I could tell by the look in the woman's eyes that there was very little humor in it. Okay, not going in means not going in. There were so many perks of living with my aunt. We talked about everything. We went for walks, did yoga, dancing like crazy to weird music. And all my thoughts of expulsion literally evaporated on the first day. Then I accidentally overheard a conversation that I wasn't supposed to hear. Aunt Nikki, it turned out, was helping people solve their problems. No, she wasn't the head of the Sicilian Mafia. More like a witch doctor. She ran her own esoteric blog on Instagram, and she did consultations. 
I happen to be part of one of those consultations. Going down to the kitchen. Thanks for all your help, Nikki. I told my friends about you. They'll be sure to sign up. A woman's voice said. Seeing me, my aunt ended the conversation. And we sat down to eat dinner. It's great that you can talk to people and make money. I told Nikki. Yes, there's a lot of customers. She nodded. It's all thanks to this thing. She motioned at the old shabby notebook lying next to her on the table. What is it? A magic notebook. But you don't need to know how it works. Pfft. Does Aunt Nikki think I'm an idiot? Is the internet not working for me? I knew exactly how these magic books work. For naive people born yesterday, they grant all the wishes written on their pages. But for those who haven't lost the ability to think, they don't work at all. I liked hanging out with my aunt, but I never really believed in all that magical stuff. I voiced my thoughts out loud. The woman looked at me like a toddler with chocolate smeared on her face and opened her notebook with determination. Let's write down that in a minute, the courier will bring us five pizzas for free. She quickly wrote down her wish on a sheet of paper. And just as Nikki finished writing down the last word, the doorbell rang. My aunt gracefully walked to the door and opened it. Miss Elliewell, your five pizzas, they're already paid for. My jaw almost met the counter. Is your last name Halliwell? No, but I predict someone won't be expecting a pizza for their party tonight. That's the kind of magic I like. Aunt Nikki demonstrated the capabilities of her magic notebook a couple more times. And then she made me promise not to touch it. I swear! I blurted it out as I began to make a plan of action. I had to get my hands on that notebook no matter what. I wanted to get my hands on a million dollars and go live in some country where it's always sunny. I would have been more specific if I didn't have a fat F in geography. Over the next couple of days, I figure out the perfect moment to steal the notebook. Early in the morning, when my aunt was asleep. She always slept so soundly. And she wore earplugs. The perfect crime! After turning off the alarm at 5 in the morning, I snuck into Nikki's bedroom. The place was, let me tell you, even weirder than the rest of the house. Crystals everywhere, symbols that I couldn't make out. And it made me want to get out of there. I saw the notebook on the bedside table. I tiptoed, grabbed it, and headed out. I was in such a mad anticipation of happiness that I stopped looking under my feet. One step, and I was on the floor, dragging the bookcase and all its contents with a wild thud. My aunt moved in the bed. I froze, struggling to blend into the black carpet, as if one could miss this mess. But Aunt Nikki just turned on her other side, and I was out of her bedroom in a heartbeat. I didn't have to clean up after myself because I would be rushing to another state in minutes with a million dollars in my pocket. In my room, I grabbed the first thing I could find, a lipstick. I opened my notebook to a blank page and wrote down my wish. Cool. Sylvia, what have you done? Pale as death, my aunt stood in the doorway. I shook the notebook triumphantly. Now I will be rich. You can fulfill all your desires. Why can't I? What a fool you are. The woman sat down on the floor. It's the devil's notebook. What? The notebook fell out of my hands and ended up on the bed, opening to the very first page. I, Nikki Katrol, 
Give my soul in exchange for the fulfillment of all the wishes written in this notebook. The writing frightened me so much that I staggered to the side, falling off the bed. What's going to happen now? I stared at my aunt. I don't know, Sylvia. I think he'll be displeased and he'll grant you a wish you'll regret for the rest of your life. The woman said it so quietly and doomfully that when my cell phone rang, the last word was drowned out by the loud ringtone. I reached for the phone. It was my mother. Sylvia, get ready fast. Again? Where are you going? No time to explain. Mom seemed to be crying. Dad and I are in big trouble. We sold everything we had and we're leaving. We'll pick you up on the way, so be ready. We can't wait a minute. She hung up. I stared at the blank screen for a few seconds. What did you wish for? Asked my aunt. A million dollars and to go to a warm country. So the wish came true. Apparently, my parents just managed to raise a million by selling everything we have. But that's not what I wanted. I grabbed my notebook and frantically began to flip through it, looking for a blank page. Now I'll write to make everything as it was before. It doesn't work that way, Sylvia. Nikki looked as sinister as a real witch. I warned you. But there must be a way out. There are consequences to everything you do. I agree. Anything, as long as the parents don't get in trouble. I love my mom and dad very much. I didn't want to get them in trouble because of my stupidity. Sacrifice what's more precious than your freedom. My aunt's eyes filled with blood. How's that? Take the notebook and write, give it all back. In return, I promise to study all year long. In a panic, I grabbed a pencil and I was about to write the first word when I suddenly came to my senses. Stop. The horror immediately evaporated. Really? I frowned, and only now, looking closely at my aunt, I noticed that she could hardly contain her laughter. In fact, she wasn't holding back anymore. Aunt Nikki was laughing like a madwoman. And I threw that stupid magic notebook at her and grabbed the phone and dialed my mom's number. Sylvia, come on. It's no time to talk. There was still panic on the other end of the line. A fake panic, like in a Turkish soap opera. The Oscars were on their way, Mom. I barked. Yes, you got that right. My parents had put Aunt Nikki up to this grand spectacle for me. Her goal was to get me to study in any way she could. My aunt was all for it. She always liked crazy adventures. So she invested a lot of time and energy in preparing for the show. If I hadn't outed these entertainers, I would have studied all year at school. To save my loved ones. To be honest, I decided to spend more time on my studies. If my parents were willing to do that, it means my education is important to them. So why not try? Have you ever been pranked by someone close to you? Tell us in the comments what it's like. I couldn't believe my eyes. A hidden camera right in my room. This couldn't be happening. Who installed it? And how did I not see it? Hi, my name's Susan, and you would never believe the story I'm about to tell you. I wouldn't believe it either, and to be honest, I still don't. I'll start by saying that ever since I was a kid, I've been considered weird. 
Yeah, my hobbies are not what you'd call ordinary. I used to watch videos about conspiracy theories. I believed in ghosts and the afterlife. I saw signs in everything. My friends and parents had gotten used to my peculiarities a long time ago. My mom and dad were more concerned that I was doing well in school and not hanging with shady people. My friends, on the other hand, appreciated my sense of humor and openness. And all was well until the night when I first noticed something strange. My friends and I were coming home from the movie theater, discussing the movie and making plans. Usually, we walk together to the same intersection, and then we go our separate ways home. We wished each other good night, exchanged jokes, and I turned onto my street. I was in a good mood. I walked past the houses and smiled to myself. But the smile disappeared from my face when I put my hand in my pocket to get my headphones. The pocket was empty. Oh, damn. I lost my headphones that my parents had given me for my birthday years ago. Maybe I dropped them on the way? <sighs> With a sigh, I headed back to the intersection, hoping that my headphones were still lying on the pavement somewhere. As I turned to the corner, however, I instantly forgot about losing them. My friends, who seemed to have gone home at the same time as I did, were standing at the same intersection where we said goodbye, arguing about something. I froze and opened my mouth to call out to my friends. Suddenly, Owen saw me. It's Susan, he yelled. The guy's faces changed and they started running away. I was still standing at the intersection, not really sure what was going on. I had no choice but to turn around and go home, giving up on my lost headphones. So, what was that all about? I asked this question in our shared chat room. What do you mean? Owen replied immediately. Don't make a fool out of me. I saw you at the intersection. You ran away as soon as you saw me. The chat was silent for about five minutes. I saw the guys were typing something, but they never sent it. I could bet that outside of the chat, they were discussing how to respond. You're making things up again, Susan. Finally wrote Tori. Did you watch your weird reptiloid videos all night again? The others responded with smiley faces. Oh, really? Of course, the best defense is offense. And actually, reptiloids do exist. I'll see how these geniuses laugh when the lizards take over the planet. I decided not to respond and tossed the phone aside. And these are my best friends. I watched the notifications from the shared chat pop on my phone all evening, but I didn't respond. Surely, they were making wisecracks about my imagination. But the strange things didn't stop there. In the morning on my way down to breakfast, I heard my parents talking, and I almost fell down the stairs. They clearly weren't ready for me to get up so early. What do we need to talk about? Dad asked. I'd never had time to read the message. I had a lot of work to do. John, you're being irresponsible about your role. Mom answered, We need to say that Anne Jacqueline is sick, and we need to visit her next week. That doesn't sound believable, to be honest. Well, what can I do? They told me to improvise, and I last acted in a school play about 20 years ago. What does it all mean? What kind of roles are they talking about? Meanwhile, my parents finished their strange conversation, and my mother shouted, Susan, breakfast is ready! I had to go downstairs and pretend I didn't hear anything. Of course, my appetite was out of the question. Thoughts swirled in my head, one more suspicious than the next. My friends obviously wanted to discuss something without me. This has never happened before. 
We always did everything together and had no secrets from each other. My parents were up to something too and made up some crazy story about Aunt Jacqueline. Just so you understand, my Aunt Jacqueline is a very rich and very unpleasant person. Even on her deathbed, she wouldn't want to have poor people like us hanging around her. So, the story my parents were going to tell me was a total fail. But that's not what surprised me. They said to improvise. Who's they? Ugh, all this weirdness is worthy of the Shane Dawson channel. I'd love to jump to a conclusion or two, but I had absolutely no clue as to what was going on. I wanted to keep a closer eye on my parents' behavior, and I decided not to communicate with my friends at all for now. I was so offended by what they said. I was so angry that they made me look like a freak. So I'll let them hang out without me until they admit what they did was wrong. And they can explain their bizarre behavior. Well, for the next few days, my parents didn't raise any suspicions, as if they knew I was watching them closely. We usually spent Friday nights together. We'd have a nice dinner, and then we'd sit in front of the TV and watch a movie. We have a rule in our family. We take turns choosing a movie. One week it was mom, next week it was dad, and the week after, it was my turn. If it wasn't for this rule, I would have only survived family movie nights for a couple of months. My parents would usually pick some old movie, and I would almost fall asleep in the middle of it. But when it was my turn, we always had a great time. Well, at least I did. This Friday, I was out of luck. My mother, as usual, chose some old sob story. But this time, I didn't manage to get any sleep. The movie was called The Truman Show, and it was about a man who one day discovers that his whole life was a reality show. There were cameras everywhere. Every event in his life was directed by a genius producer, and the people, even those closest to him, are just actors playing parts. I forgot how to breathe. The credits were rolling on the screen, and I still couldn't get my thoughts together. Susan, is everything okay? Mom put her hand on my shoulder. Yeah. I stared at her. They said to improvise. Mom's words played in my head like a broken record, and my friends discussing something behind my back and then pretending it didn't happen. This couldn't be happening. Of course I couldn't sleep that night. Rolling from side to side, I tried to calm down and prove to myself that there was no reality show featuring me. It was a ridiculous idea. I could write a book with my wild imagination. I decided to bring my teddy bear Barney to bed. When I was a kid, he always helped me fall asleep quickly. But at some point, I decided that sleeping with a teddy bear at my age was stupid. Since then, Barney had settled on the shelf above my desk. I haven't picked him up for such a long time, and I wish I hadn't. Once I looked at his cute face, I screamed and dropped the toy on the floor. No way! As I took Barney into my hands again and looked closely, I felt my insides freeze. A hidden camera. It was installed in the right eye of my teddy bear. Who installed it? And what was it filming? Is my whole life a scripted show, like in that movie? My parents came running into the room. When my mom saw Barney in my arms, she gasped and stared at my dad. Why didn't you tell me the truth? I screamed. What do you mean? Dad looked at mom disapprovingly. Didn't you tell her everything? I should have. 
But I forgot. Susan, it's... You forgot? I threw the bear to the floor. Forgot to tell me that my whole life is a stupid reality show. And you're complete strangers to me. How could you forget that? Honey, Dad said softly. Don't be so dramatic. What's he talking about? What do you mean dramatic? Now I knew what that strange remark from Mom meant. My parents suggested we talk about this in the morning, over breakfast, without getting too emotional. They took Barney and cautiously left the room, clearly afraid of making me more angry. I was in shock. What was I supposed to do now? Where to go if everything around me isn't real? I grabbed my phone and opened the group chat room. My friends, for days now, have been trying in vain to work things out with me by sending me funny stickers and asking how I was doing and how long I was going to stay mad. Stay mad? I know everything! Despite the late hour, my message was immediately read by everyone in the chat room. Barry was the first to respond. I knew it was a stupid idea. Well, you should have thought of something different, Monica replied. Susan, we're sorry we tricked you. We had no other choice. Owen added a crying smiley face. I started typing, feeling tears well up in my eyes. What do you mean there was no other way out? My whole life is ruined. Now I don't know what's true and what's a lie. Who are my real friends and who are the actors who are paid to pretend to be my friends? Uh, Sue? You're obviously overreacting, Tori said. I felt like smashing the phone against the wall. Overreacting? My whole life is a freaking reality show, and I'm overacting? Susan, I don't really understand what you mean. Barry stepped in again. We just wanted to surprise you. I know those headphones were dare to you, but the ones we got you are mind-blowing. What other headphones? I was totally confused about what was going on. And then my friends, interrupting each other, began to tell me their vision of what was happening. As it turned out, they'd long noticed that my headphones were barely alive. Barry, Owen, Tori, and Monica decided to chip in and buy me the coolest new headphones. And to make sure I would use them, they decided to steal my old headphones. And that's what my friends did that day at the movie theater. I swear, Sue, you're gonna go crazy when you hear those basses, raved Owen. Wait a minute. You wrote that you knew everything. What did you mean by that? I didn't know what to answer, Tori. I didn't want to look any weirder than I was. Okay, this part of the story seemed pretty believable. But what the hell was up with the camera in my room? That's what my parents told me at breakfast. We installed hidden cameras a long time ago, Mom explained. There's more than one in the house, one per room. But don't worry, we only turn them on when the whole family goes on vacation. I should have told you about it, but I forgot. I got carried away. Actually, it's strange that you've only noticed them now, dear. Daddy frowned. How do you clean your room? Again, the best defense is a good offense. But what about the one sentence that scarred me so much? Our friends invited us to a spa hotel next week. To relax, to have fun, Mom said. We were embarrassed that we weren't taking you with us, and we didn't want you to think we were tired of you. To be honest, I still didn't fully believe their explanations. Too many coincidences, don't you think? Or maybe I am living in a reality show. But then, how do I know for sure? Please, share your opinion in the comments. And if you like my story, subscribe to our channel and like this video.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.